Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of our fantabulous podcast known as KRK Radio. It is me, the Dowager of Table Night, the best table that there is, Just Sex Henry, here with my fellow co-host, Stephen, the Black Word. Hello, it's the Scribe of Table Dawn coming in from Los Angeles, um, fresh off these mean WeHo streets full of grime, disgusting white people, and even more twinks who doesn't know that you shouldn't be touching me without permission. Um, and come. Yes, that too. Uh, oodles and oodles to come. Uh, more sniffy notifications per two blocks than potentially Atlanta. Um, thank you for stopping by, y'all. Our fellow co-host and our peacekeeper, the Wayne Garbante, is out this episode. Uh, he is currently... Beating up Abigail Brand somewhere. Who knows? Um, but I will take it to our next co-host, the enchanting, the effervescent, the very delicious, Dr. Showtime. What's up? What's up? It's Big Poppy Showtime, your uh, representative of Table Dawn, the winner's table. We're, we're only represented by losers over here. Big Per. Today, we are reviewing... X-Men number 17 and X-Force number 34. Did we say who we was doing first? No, we did not, but I don't think it really matters. It doesn't. All right. So we'll get X-Force out the way because it was the worst. Um, well, not the worst, but no. God, there's a lot happening today. Okay. Okay, we'll go X-Force first. Okay. Your scores. So I'll rush us through this? <laughs> Jesus, leave, I mean, leave we, us up first. Fuck. God, there's no foreplay. He's going to gas pedal this shit. First of all, we've been talking before the show for a very long time because my mouth doesn't stop. I'll take ownership. Showtime has somewhere he has to be. And we are possibly going to do this show within record time to get everything in and do and, and possibly do a circuit party because I know the because the thing is like I wasn't worried at first, but then I was like, oh, these two books had some real major developments this week. And I keep forgetting that X-Force is actually doing something lately now. To say, like, girl, these no one comes for the circuit parties. I'm the least favorite part of the show, all right? <laughs> we, we don't have to do the circuit party. We don't have to rush through the juice of this. You're, like, trying to... It's it's the day. It's the days after Turkey Day. You're trying to have a dry-ass turkey. You don't want to base that shit. <laughs> I like my drive with, 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 with a lot of stuffing. You just want to show up to the hookup? You're not going to put any jocks on? You're not going to put in your special panties? You're just, you're just no nothing. This is just, this is, it feels like a sniffy's hookup. Whereas it feels like you're going to have a hookup at a cruising site. You know what? How was your Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving, Stephen? Um, I spent it most of the day in isolation because I'm in LA. My family is across the country. And how was yours, Pop, Big Poppy Showtime? It was great. I had all of my family. <laughs> you sound overwhelmed. I was sitting at home with fucking COVID. I was sitting home with fucking COVID and hate my life, and I'm horny, and I'm over it. Maybe you blame for that. Blame pestilence. Hey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See the racism? See the racism? See how easy? But I, I did, I did, I did sneak out of the house with the mask on to get some groceries. So that's the most I could have done. I had to get groceries. I could not like, and my roommates are not here 
Praise be to God. That's good. But it's so funny because, like, we're not cool. So, like, they didn't tell me they were going out of town for the weekend. <laughs> Damn. Can they be. were here for Thanksgiving, but they weren't here for, they were gone sometime, like, during Black Friday. They left at some point on Friday. I don't you know. You white people? Or, I imagine some no. people have issues with their roommates. I just imagine them being white. I think it's easier for me to accept that. <laughs> um, they're a black couple, a black couple that are vegans. Oh, uh, I can't even say ill because JR is a vegan and I love JR. You, you know what? I don't have an issue with veganism. I like mm-hmm. I don't I don't have an issue. They, they also don't believe in microwave either. There's no microwave in my apartment. I hate it here. Um So to me, you know that was a decision that you couldn't have a microwave? The thing is microwaves. like the problem is that like when I moved in here, I so so this is a long story short. So I moved into I moved, I lived on the first floor of this building at first, and I only moved to the apartment because my ex dumped my cat on me, which is Patrick, which we love. But he surprised me with my cat, and I don't want to say surprise, but I ended up getting my cat after he had him for a while because he couldn't afford to take care of him anymore because he just did not have his life together at the time. And so I had Patrick, but I wasn't allowed to have a pet. My roommate, my landlord, found out about the pet. And he was like, the cat has to go. And I was like, well, I can't get rid of my cat, so I have to move then. So I moved out of my apartment and moved here. Um, so, like, I'm living downstairs. Everything was fine. COVID happens. All my, land- all my roommates leave. I'm living by myself downstairs for, like, nine months. My landlord's just like, I can't have you down here by yourself because my lease is – because, like, New York has really weird – the landlords do a lot of weird illegal things. So mm-hmm. – I have a room for rent lease where my lease is I pay a thousand dollars a month for my room and that's all I'm legally accountable for according to the contract. I'm not accountable for the rest of the apartment. So if no one's living in the apartment, I'm still responsible for paying my thousand dollars a month and that's it. So I'm living in a three bedroom, one bath for like almost a year, paying a thousand dollars a month. And he was like, I can't afford to just keep you down there. So can you move upstairs to the fourth floor? I'll give you a bigger space, same price, but I need you to move so I can have the apartment back and sell it to a family. But that was really a longer story because he tried to, like, kick me out, and at the time I had COVID also, and because New York has really good house, what is saying, they have shitty landlords, but their housing authority is really, really good, and they set me up with a free lawyer in case anything went wrong. And case in point that they found out that, like, my landlord, like, has all these violations and shit that he has going on and also that like he is illegally renting my apartment so like in my building my apartment would be, my room would be considered an SRO and SROs are illegal unless you are in a space that is zoned for that and my mm-hmm. apartment building is not not in zone for that so you also are breaking the law so we go to court and she explained to me she's like the only thing you could do is like if he goes to court I'll suggest that you just stop paying him your rent and stop putting your rent in escrow and then if like once the court date settles or whatever, then you know, y'all decide whatever happens next. But like that could be like a year or two of litigation and a year or two of him not receiving any money. And I don't think he wants to play that game because I'll take him all the way to the motherfucking furthest part of the court that I can take his ass. Does she love housing authority lawyers? Yeah. <laughs> it's the most petty like, response. <laughs> yeah, like Mama had time. Like she was like she gave me her name, everything. She like gave me her personal information. Like just call me. You got any problems? Just call me. We go so to court. Fuck them up. <laughs> and, 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 she, and then it's like, then she was like, she was like, have you been there? 
Oh, this, this is one thing. This is like a little tip of information too for New Yorkers who don't know this. So like, so like she asked me, did I have, have I been there more than 30 days? And I was like, yeah, I've been living here for like over a year. She was like, well, you technically have squatter rights. Are you receiving mail at this address? Yes, I am. So like New York law is that if you are living somewhere for 30 days and getting mail, you can claim squatter rights. So this is why I tell people in New York, do not invite your friends to come and live with you. Because if they are petty and choose to claim squatter rights, you can't put them out. Mm-hmm. That's why the Airbnb situation and the other, that, that woman on TikTok was very interesting because there are laws like that. If you, if you let somebody live in your house for more than 30 days and they are collecting mail at your house, they are technically, they're technically considered a resident. And people don't understand and, why squatter rights exist until they've had to survive like apartment yeah. hunting in fucking New York City. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, so, it's like, fucking terrible. It's a traumatic experience, y'all. Hunting for an apartment in New York. There's a, there's a writer. There was a writer who said, like, I was so I, got, I had anxiety attacks so bad about New York, like, um, rent, like trying to find rent uh, apartment in New York. It triggered my anxiety so bad that I just up and moved to Columbus, Ohio, and it was so, such a relief that I just stayed there. Decided whatever money I need to spend to fly to New York City for work, I'm gonna just fly to New York City for whatever like business thing I need to do because it's so much easier. And it is. It's a lot easier. It's like in Ohio. In Columbus, you can find an apartment in like two days and they'll have you sign like the second day. And they'll have no hassle like, oh, you want to go down and rent because there's rats here in the area? Okay, we can knock off like $300 for that. We, we don't care. They don't do no, that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm apartment hunting now. Like the big problem I keep facing is, oh, this is a similar apartment in the ad, not the actual apartment. So you get to yeah, the they apartment. Love that shit. And you just look. Like today, I was going to look at an apartment before I talked to y'all, and the I didn't know Henry is- was late today. Not late, late. I was the late one. I made us late. <laughs> I was like talking on the phone to my mother, and some other shit was going on. It's just like my mother had my mother has, has had gallbladder surgery, so I was talking to her. Mm. Like, it's okay. No, she's fine, but like she's seventy three also. So I was like catching up with her and seeing what she was doing. She's okay. Like she's all settled in. She made chitlins for Thanksgiving. I missed that. <sighs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, so like I went to an apartment and he told me that, like, oh, it's it's like, you know, we're we're in the middle of um, so like it's it's in the middle of renovations, but this is what the apartment would look like. So I go inside of the apartment, I'm just like, it's like you talking about like this is gonna be ready soon. Like you gutted the whole bathroom. Like the bathroom's like gutted. Like the whole walls are like peeled off everything the sink is gone like the the the, the stove was in like some weird corner y'all repaint shit like you this not gonna be ready by by december 1st ain't no way how it's gonna oh, be ready by december 1st but and it'd be a good job ain't no way. yes and there's other place i went to on thanksgiving because like because like what like what happens a lot in new york is yes, I have COVID. Yes, I was at the house looking apartment, but because a lot of these landlords aren't physically there, you can just go see them on your own. They have like a lockbox or whatever. You can just go and just look on your own. I would look at an apartment yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, a lot of management companies. A lot of management companies own places. So I physically don't have to interact with anyone for their own safety. Thank God, and my own safety. But it's just like I go look at the apartments by myself a lot of times, and I would go look at the spot, and it wasn't just like it wasn't just like it was just not the apartment. It wasn't even like the same layout. Like at all, mm. and I was just like, because like, the, like the, the photos I saw, I was like, oh, this is fifteen fifty, and that has to be illegal. 
that has to be illegal to advertise right. an apartment and then you show up in a completely different apartment. Right. It's like it's 1550 in Flatbush on Ocean Ave, right around right around the corner from one of my jobs. And I'm just like, it's right on by a train line that get me directly to work. I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know what I'm saying? It's Flatbush, Caribbean neighborhood. I get some Caribbean food. This is lit. Like, I understand. Like, if they put in the, and they put in the thing the information like this is this is a similar apartment, not the apartment, then I know that I'm walking into something that may not be what it looks like. But it wasn't even the same layout. Like they at do all. that to scam people who are moving from long distance, really, because there is no way to say, oh, we don't do Zoom or like FaceTime uh, tours. That's always the biggest red flag because they say we won't do that. Um, yeah, but I realized that when moving to like LA is that a lot of places they will advertise a different location altogether just to get you like oh we can have you sign you don't have to do a tour and you show up and then they put you in a completely fucked up environment I feel like with the like after COVID they really need to fix that shit because there's no reason why they should be still be advertising places that are so completely out of the ordinary I think some places do have it in like law that if you walk into a place even if you signed the lease already and it's not the place you was advertised they didn't show you the place you can backtrack and go i'm not moving to this apartment right and that's part of the thing that like because this is all across the this is also part of our problem i'm finding all these apartments on street easy so street easy oh, they, also street easy lie to your ass <laughs> they lie habitually well, yeah like you just like y'all just as complicit that's why i really wish my writing my writing access was more diversified than just writing about queer stuff and sex because like this shit is really bizarre to me that you guys can willfully just lie and and that you have me like you have people being on here putting up apartments and y'all not verifying these spaces or like you're not verifying the, squ- the, the square feet you're not verifying with any apartment like the upkeep like none of the stuff like street easy like and it's so bad street easy is like is a new york service and it is a new york only app and they do have a lot of great files on it but like ugh, that shit that shit is mad that shit is wild frustrating because like it, it's so tiring going all the way out to motherfucking house and you think you find found a motherfucking you know the home that you don't want to yeah it's like, just oh, like, i'm gonna put this on this wall and i'm gonna have a couch set up right there it's gonna be the place i might just live here two years three years four years you walk in that bitch is like Literally the bottom of someone's foot. Steven, that motherfucker had one window. Oh no. <laughs> like like one fucking one whole window. One whole window. I was like, what why is there only one window in here? And the crazy part is like like the 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 the, the, the apartment in the ad had a bathroom with a window in it. There was no bathroom with a window. None. None. I was like, you gotta be I, I, and I told him I was just like it's, also I said, this is a lovely apartment. However, this is not the apartment in the photo. He didn't respond. Of course not. He said, well, you don't have to fucking get it. Homo. Queer. <laughs> I just like, it's like, apartment hunting is so annoying. And, and the bad part is that right now, I financially do have the money to just like, if somebody says, that go to place, I like it, and that's it. Everything is ready. Credit scores ready, money's ready, paperwork's ready. All they do is just slide it all over. I do that within like within like six hours, depending if I'm like coming from work, I'm in transit or whatever the fuck is going on. I do it within hours, but it's just like you niggas, like and, and 
I'm gonna have to say that comment for off for off camera. I ain't gonna say it online, but well, Stephen, you of you, villains. <laughs> you, you, you you lived in Brooklyn. Oh no, yeah, it was you, hell. You know, place. You, you you know what I know about Brooklyn realtors. Those niggas are fucking cutthroat. Yeah, yo, like I I'm I I can't. I can't. Like I Showtime, really I really, be happy you do not know these deep traumatic woes that is apartment hunting in New York City. <laughs> and I never will because I will never live in New York City. Smart plan. Smart plan. Never, I tell people um <laughs> uh, don't get my yeah that would have got my writing career ended quick as fuck. Because it is. Because it, it is. Like like Bro, like, who are you playing with? Like, I know I look young and tender for a 42-year-old. I know. But ain't no dummy, bitch. Like the whole, that's why the I whole, like that. The whole, There's that TikTok video. I don't know, you probably saw this Showtime because I retweeted it. That young lady talked about, like, you know, the issues between communities within the Black perspective. And, like, you look at it, he goes, I hope she doesn't just, like, dodge the, the difficult conversation here. And she didn't. She was like, let's look at, like, the historical aspects of the things that went down between our communities for it to be in such a state of disrepair. Um, it's, and I think housing is one of those shits. Like, housing yeah. is directly, like, tied to so much of the issues that pop up. Because it's just the black and white truth that, like, when you when you're playing a capitalism game, you exploit specific communities. You have to. Like this, that's how it works. This is what this nigga said to me today. This nigga said to me. This nigga said to me because the department was like 1750 in um in Weeksville. If you don't know the history of Weeksville, Weeksville was was named after a black man who had land there. One of the, one of the first few uh, African American settlements in the United States. Uh, lovely place, but you know it's no longer that anymore. It's been, of course, you know it disappeared. It's been run over. It's Seneca Village, all over again. Um, but this nigga said to me, this nigga said to me, the apartment is seventeen fifty, but it's rent stabilized. I would charge twenty one fifty. So you're really getting a deal here, nigga. You not doing me no favor telling me you trying to scam niggas. I'll fuck you up. <laughs> so I... Steven, I was so pissed. I was so pissed. I was like, get me the fuck up out of here. I think you should start putting your follower account into whatever applications you put through because it also teaches people not to fuck with you. It really do. It the fear of being an influencer because the fear of God in some people. <laughs> yeah, you think I should start putting that? You think I should start putting that information? You don't always need like a big um journalism career. Sometimes you just need like a bunch of followers who just do whatever you say and who will flame um someone on Yelp to the point that their career is no longer existent. I've never, I have never to my life seen a shit that happened that with New York real estate until I moved to New York. I have never seen a shit like this before. Never. <laughs> Ever seen a shit like this before. I, that's the only thing I miss about back home is the real estate. I don't miss shit else about the D.C. area. I don't like even going mm-hmm. to that place if I have to. But the only thing I miss is the fucking it's real estate. It's expensive as shit, though. Mm-hmm. I, but you know what, you know what, you know what, Showtime? I think I, I, I receive expensive but when I'm not dealing with out with flat out racism, I'm not dealing with flat out classism, people being like unresponsive, unhelpful, rude as fuck, being misleading, gaslighting you, wrong information, wrong apartment. It is so like I when I tell you like I'm so over it, like like I have a place in mind that like if I hope I get this place, like this place is perfect. It's in Kensington, which is like white flatbush. 
Um, and if I get that apartment, I'm gonna be so happy. Hopefully that, that motherfucker hits me back today and, and wants to see me. But I gotta see another apartment tomorrow in Brownsville. I don't know how I feel about living in Brownsville. Um, Cause like it's not like it's not like Browns. It's not like it's not like Broadway Junction, Crown Heights, Brownsville. It's like Saratoga Avenue, Livonia Avenue, Brownsville. Well, much luck on that. But I've got to talk about a different style of villainy uh, now because we're we hit the twenty minute mark. You know our rule: twenty minutes in, it's time to dig in. Okay, so <laughs> exports, judges, your scores: ten. I don't want to give it on 10 because on principle, I need to hate X-Force, but I'm liking this one so much. <laughs> Let me stop being unfair and give it a 10. I don't want to. But I, no... I'm giving it a nine and a half. Whatever that nine and a half would be. What is it? Is it? Yeah, I want to know, know what this point five is. I just couldn't give it a ten. I, it just, I just. Couldn't. It's the vibes were off. <laughs> yeah. Because like you looking at it, so you kind of ugly, but I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> yeah. Was it the artwork? Is it the artwork holding me back? I, that's a fair statement, honestly. No, I just, I don't know. It was. Is Beast not get his ass beat enough for you on a daily basis? No, he wasn't enough. I... It wasn't enough. Beast getting his ass beat. He's mad because it's actually a good read. Like, this was a, actually a really good issue. Did it change writers or something? What's going on? It's like a lot of flavor. <laughs> no, I had to, <laughs> legit, I had to close the book back to be like, is this still the same? This is the same writer. Is this the same so writer? So they got rid of Quentin Quire and, Wolver- and they, they sent it Quentin Quire and Wolverine. It became a good book. Yeah. And even though I'm like, I can imagine specific characters. I want Trinity on this team. Just uh, to something about having Trinity on this team. It's like it's an extra bit. It's what pop off. Um, mm-hmm. It would just pop off. You like, got to gotta have a, a spicy bad bitch. I'm like, Tessa needs to retire from being in front of the computer screens because she's sleeping on the job, literally. Uh, bring Trinity in there. She loves the screen, you know? <laughs> She has an IT degree. <laughs> Tessa, has, Tessa, has, Tessa has a whole alcohol. Mama is going down. She's Mama. not doing well. And everyone was like, let's replace Beast with, with Tessa. She can do it. And like Tessa's like, I can't do this shit. <laughs> like Mama, like Mama is, is being re-traumatized and she is depressed. She is going through. Like, I think that was that was like the sad part of the issue that like Sage is really going through some shit right now with this whole being in charge of X-Force, being, like, second in command. And then, like, you know, you're not even answering the phone. Domino falling through the sky and shit. You're not nowhere near to be found. I'm just like, this shit is crazy to me. And she just and she just drinking it away. Like Solange. Damn, Tessa. And then, like, and, and then, like, Seven, what's his name? Seven Blackmere, Blackmore. What's his nigga name? Nigga Seven Moore. Blackmore. Yeah, he back. Which, which I do enjoy. Which I do enjoy his ass. He's so problematic. He just be out here just having fun being a pirate. I'd be so happy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then Maverick shows up, and then 
And then like Solemn is there. See, see, they almost got a nine point five out of me because like Solemn just popped up out of nowhere. Um, almost pissed me off, but then I realized that that Solemn is a grifter. He just be doing gay shit and just be popping up because you know Sissy's oh, like the pop man. Killing for his man. Right. Like, you got Logan. You got my nigga Wolverine. My man. My man. My man. He coming for him. Be staying mm-hmm. safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they remembered that like we we hang around only because there are Iraqis in these books. Mm-hmm. Right. If there was no Iraqi, then we would have been like, all right, we're done. We're done. Oh my god. Deadpool and Solomon finally get to meet. Oh, I mean, that'll be cute. I think I'm gonna fuck. I think they're gonna fuck. <laughs> they're definitely gonna fuck. I'm trying to understand. Like, like, say you're Beast sleeping on becoming, the job. Is, is Beast becoming Dark Beast in front of our eyes? Becoming? Is, is that what this is? Becoming. Uh, Baby, he's been that way. <laughs> No. When you ask, like, you made a whole set, the whole fact that we only have one prison is frankly insulting. You need multiple. I said, I want to do my illicit um, procedures on people. I'm like, experimenting on mutants? Beast. Like, what is going on? And he has it in a, he has it in a, like, like a tesseract space. It's like, girl, um, this is giving super villainy. I need you to, like, relax. I mean, at least at least Mr. Sinister is funny when he likes to lay niggas in his in his fucking lab. At least he's funny like, with he like, clones them first. Sinister he looks at you and says, first. "You gotta have an outfit to do this. You can't just be a well, super villain. You can't just be a super scientist, evil mad scientist anymore. You have to have a gimmick. That, you have to make it okay, baby. You gotta water it down. <laughs> that kind of that's give, kind us, of wild. give us camp. He says, You're not even giving, kind of, you're giving Republican. It's giving Nazi energy, honestly, beast." <laughs> Cause, Cause, like, cause you gotta, you gotta really think about, like, cause, like, that would make Sinister Republican and Beast all, all right. Because, like, I just didn't think that, like, Sinister's actually much more moral about science than Beast is. I think it's more so. I don't know if you guys ever seen Fate Zero. It's an anime. Um, about, right. It's I like it. I think some versions of it is better than the others. But the whole premise of the magicians and the mages is that they're. They're hyperclinical to the point of sociopathy. Like it's like they don't do things because it's amoral if it's if magic's involved with it. Because magic is the pursuit or study of knowledge. They don't like waste, is the thing. Let me take my mic off my chest because I know that's probably coming off horrible. Um no, my voice vibrates. Is my voice vibrates? When I was in like uh news broadcasting in high school, they would pin the mic to my chest and my voice would vibrate the mic so badly you couldn't hear anything I was saying. So mages in there are hyperclinical about like waste and they don't see murder as bad. They see it like if you do a murder and it's like a bunch of excess energy just not being used, you're doing a r- bad job because you could have did a bunch of more stuff. Like um Medea, the magician. Uh, the Medea the witch, like stunt on her master because she's like, you tried to impress me with this big ritual. You could have got the same result if you just did it this way. You just killed thirteen orphans for no reason, and that means you're a bad mage. And he got angry and tried to see himself abusing her or some shit. And he's like, no, see, the thing about me is a bad bitch would never be controlled by a bitch. Check yourself and check your shit. Um, and that's the energy I get about sinister nowadays is that. He doesn't do things for the cruelty of it. He does things for the clinical efficiency of it. 
And Beast, Beast has so much of his personal shit wrapped into everything he's doing that it's the reason why you could never be sinister. It's the reason why Nemesis couldn't be sinister. It's like, I am a villain, but it's because I'm a clinically efficient scientist to the point where I won't make a decision that will hamper me in the pursuit of what I want, just off of some personal shit. Yeah, what you did crazy. to Wolverine had very little to do with you wanting to do something to a certain extent. It had everything to do with the fact that he said no to you and he emasculated you. Shit's crazy. Shit's crazy. All this shit is crazy. All this shit is crazy. Marky's going to be crazy. an incel on top of everything. God yes. damn. Huh. Like, how you worse than Sinister? How you worse than Abigail like, Grand? Let's pick that up. Right. And they're dating still. Ugh. Abigail had a man. Abigail knew I can control B still. Like he thinks he runs shit. He's on my level. He's not really, but you gotta humor his ass, right? Because <laughs> you know, Jean Grey didn't want to fuck him. So like he had the whole complex. That's just crazy to me. All all this shit going on. I mean, even though I we at Kakor Radio appreciate the drama, but this is some wild shit. I would never thought that, like, in my bingo card and shit with, with the Krakoan age, that X supposed to be that girl right now. I had my bingo card that Beast would go this way. I think they've been foreshadowing this shit for so long. And it's during the era you weren't really reading, Henry, you said, but, like, they've been foreshadowing all this shit happening to Beast for almost 10 years. Um, straight up to the point, like, it was, I think it was around the time when he time-traveled and took the, uh, Time to space X Men Divisional Five in the first place. That was mm-hmm. big hiccup. Is when he did that shit, and it's yeah, just I'm, spilling out. Yeah, I'm trying to like catch up. Like I went, I, I when I went to that big comic book uh, shop shopping last month. Maybe last month. Um, I'm trying to catch up on all the holes and like from like I want to say like around the end of the first of the well not to say the first around the end of the second X Men volume. And everything after that, I'm trying to catch up on. Because everything around the second volume of the X-Men, I'm kind of, like, familiar with the Legion Quest. When Xavier, he made his, his uh, the Cerebro X-Men and all the other stuff. And Operation Zero Tolerance and Onslaught. All those things I'm aware of. But when it comes down... And um, I, think, I think the last thing I read was, like, Age of X and Avengers vs. X-Men. was, like, the last few things that I read before I, like, I stopped reading comic books. So, like, I'm trying to catch up on all these other things, but... Oh, Jesus. My roommate could probably hear me, but I was trying to get my roommate to read X-Men books, and he's like, I just don't know where to start. And then he came in one week, he said, yeah, I'm reading X-Men Grand Design as the first book to kind of get me in here. I was like, you don't have to read that. I said, just read House of M and then skip straight to House Pox Pox. He was like, oh, I can't? I was like, I don't need all this backstory. I said, literally, the first thing they do in Hox Pox is tell you that nothing you read before actually matters except for specific things. Quite literally. Right. That's why it's a good jumping on point for everybody. And then I came back two days later. He says, I decided I'm just going to read Grand Design first because I want to. And <laughs> I was like, okay, but know that you don't have to. Uh, just just Hox Pox will cover you. It's your parent. It's your guardian. <laughs> it's the Holy right. Bible of X-Men books right now. And that's where I started off at because I think somebody has said something on Twitter at one point. It's like, oh, Y'all got to read House of X and Powers of Ten. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I'll bite. I got I got money now. It's because Hickman was such a salesman about it. Hickman was like, 
you don't have to read both books, but I recommend you do it. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about, white man? <laughs> right, so let me go buy number one of both of these. And oh, bitch, now I have to read all six. <laughs> <laughs> right. You it's really like an read interesting that. grinder notification or instinct jack notification. It's just something off the bat. You're like, I'm curious. <laughs> I'll engage you this really a little bit. You really don't have to read both. You really could slide with like probably not reading them both, but you need to read them both because it makes sense once you get to like to the dawn of X. It's like a strip tease going on. Like you get a little bit of something in every single thing. And when you put all the pieces together, it just looks spawn. The whole experience, I think, of Hoxbox was designed for Twitter. That's the thing about it, is Hickman unveiling individual parts helped build X Twitter into what it was it is today, which is like, you know, screenshots, the X spoilers tag, like everything being built up from that is just the tiny little things that just have to pop out. Um, it's like gardening where you have to bud the plant before you can actually like get it to sprout. Right. Delicious. Yeah, I I am really impressed with X-Force lately. I am here for this. Um, but we will be throwing our beasts going to hell party soon. Yeah, man. <laughs> like for I real. can't wait. He better he he better go, he better go to the pit. He better stay in the pit. I don't want that bitch becoming an exile. I don't want him doing nothing. He better go to the pit and stay in the motherfucking pit. And he better not put the out and go, it's been dark beasts all along. No, this better be Hank fucking McCoy. I don't like that shit. I don't like what it says. It was an alternate time self that slipped in and diabolically changed everything. No, bitch. Make this be Hank Because McCoy. when did he swap out? When when he gave Threnody to Sinister? I'll wait. There's so much Beast has done, and there's so many futures that corroborate that Beast is a villain, and he uses his own rationalization to justify like the atrocities he's committed. But I think inherently what he did to Logan is such a personal violation. Yeah. It's like so specifically targeted that you can't justify it in front of anyone. You can't go, oh, B said no, and we need him to be used as instrument of war for us. And it's like, Red Omega is one thing. To do that to him is one thing. You did that to a founding champion of Krakoa. Someone who didn't need to be on the X Force team, someone who volunteered. Everyone else joined afterwards. Wolverine is the mascot of the X Men. Like, you can't fuck with the mascot. Like, like, none of us are fans of Wolverine. So you only have this position because he said no. And we also understand, too, that Beast has been strategically avoiding resurrection, also. Because like Sam and Storm are the few mutants on Krakoa that have not been resurrected ever. It's because like when you, I think the Abigail brand of it all reveals why they don't want to be resurrected is when you have state secrets in your head. Um, the person who resurrects you is exposed to what you do. So I think right. that's a good law to have is that you can't be one of these organizations if you die. Because right. it makes sense. Like you lose information that could be vital to the central intelligence of Krakoa. But also, like, there is things built in that if you expose yourself in the state secrets to a telepath, it's no longer safe. Right. 
Um, I think this also reveals that the issue, the uh, the annual from a few months back, they're like, yeah, is Beast selling the deaths of mutants to private organizations? Yes, he was. This 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 said yes. This is a yes. He's been selling the death of mutants to private investors like Orcus for payment and money and for to show and to fund his prison. Yes, he has. Nice. It's all a mess. Beast is just awful. I'm just ass. I'm happy that um Craven is still coming after his ass. Definitely. Please keep it up. Kill him. <clears throat> Beloved big energy. But we have a quality Spider Man villain. Oh, quality. Yeah, Craven Craven takes the cake. I'm trying to figure out who would yeah, they need to bring back Trinity. I think Trinity needs to go after Hank's ass. I think that's the foil. I think Solem, Solem going to Trinity, the Deaf Witch, and asking her for help. Because he... Ooh, and it should be Solemn. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Solemn. Could... Hey, girl, so I'm here to be a mess. So have you heard of this Hank McCoy? <laughs> He says, if you do this with me, I will literally go to hell and bring the, ch- the soul of your child back. Just for you. Just for you, baby. <laughs> or, I hope- since he has his own egg factory, I can resurrect them over here. Don't worry. He says, you know, right. I can help you bring back. I can, like, he has his own, yeah, you're right, he has his own egg factory. I think the issue that is currently withstanding, because our kids should have been resurrected, is that most likely your child's not mutant. Or not confirmed to be a mutant. Or nobody remembered to remember the child. You know, it's the uh it's the exiles of it all. You know, people only get special circumstances when you are connected to one of the royals of the mutant uh of the mutant kingdom. Uh mm-hmm. the top ten top one percent. I like how they illustrate how wealth and Krakoa is reflected in your privileges with resurrection. It's so juicy. Because that's their one great wealth. And life. Life, yeah. And literally, it's rated in work still, but the work is towards the community. So being a soldier <laughs> for Charles Xavier guarantees you access and proximity to resurrection. Jumbo Carnation is getting resurrection, uh, resurrection uh, tokens mm-hmm. and shit. He made all your costumes. Mm-hmm. Fuck y'all. <laughs> and he has an assistant now, which I'm surprised they didn't also include gimmick as his assistant. But you know, the black girls are not winning in that category apparently. There's so few shapeshifters. That's the thing we don't talk about a lot is that as few telepaths, black telepaths as there are, there's even fewer black shapeshifters. I think they don't want to get into the uh, the nuances of what it means to be black and be a shapeshifter, but that's what makes gimmicks so good. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Jumbo has uh, Stitch um, as his little, you know, magnetokinetic friend, whose power is literally to move needles. <laughs> she pushes the pen of the conversation. Showtime. That's what she does. That sounds so unkind. <laughs> that sounds so unkind. Oh. Okay, so moving on to X Men. 
judges your scores. Showtime. I give this one a 10. I am going to give it a 9.9 because I'm really fucking tired of Pepe Larraz not being in the... If he was here to do the artwork of this issue... But I really feel like when this, when, when the original issue happened, I don't think he was drawing it though either though. I think I think somebody else was. But suffice to say, I'm really tired of Pepe Larrosh not drawing this book. I asked him on Instagram, "When are you coming back, Steven? <laughs> My score is a nine. A nine. All around a good issue. It was great. I just think. Um, there's some strands from the previous issue that kind of didn't follow through in this one. Um, <clears throat> like they just kind of brush over the havoc of it all. When I'm like, y'all need to get to the juice of that pretty quickly. Um, I think it's a little too much. Well, I don't want to say it's too much, but I think they were doing a lot of scaffolding of Forge's character because there's so much. I think readers don't know about him. I think in a trade paperback, this issue, this story will go off because this is probably a good buffer zone. Um, but we reading it weekly, like that's why I'm reading for it because it, we got a lot of focus on Forge so we can understand him as a character, his motivations, who he is as a person. Um, and it felt like it just went on for a bit, for a wee bit too long. Just for us to get to the Darwin of it all and the Darwin explanation, um, I'm, I'm intrigued to keep on continuing and see where it's gonna like connect the next story point to. But I felt like there's a beat that was just, like left off in there and it was just bothering me. I really, I really enjoy every time they remind us that Darwin is an Omega level mutant. Mm-hmm. This nigga said, I couldn't do anything the fuck else but turn into data. So I turned into data. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a stronger power than uh, Iska's. I'm going to be real. Evolution is a real power. Like he can evolve himself into what's necessary for the situation. So if he He's can, the if living he wants- personification of the X gene. That's what he is a walking, talking X gene. Shit is crazy. God damn. <laughs> now he's data. He is the god of mutant kind. Because they said that he hijacked. He leapt into he the Zerero. Into, uh, he's in the crystals. Right. He leapfrogged into like, the crystals. He says, Yeah, I'm going to escape the next through time you. Y'all, the next time y'all resurrect Darwin, because I know y'all already resurrected his ass, I'll be there. See you there. He says, know what he's doing? He's updating the logs. He's updating. First of all, I think next time X-23 dies, she's going to come back with her full memory. He updated the logs. He says, the pay- that payload, he says, there's something wrong with his sucky payload. Uh, Forge recalibrated back to it. It was like a bigger load than any of us could ever expect. And then suddenly, the payload is gone. So maybe it was just a glitch. Like, no, that shit wasn't a glitch. It was Darwin fucking around in there. Dicking <laughs> around Cerebro. <laughs> He's like, oh, sorry, I got dropped off as data. Thank you. <laughs> I evolved past existence. I like to say that his power evolved from the power to survive to the power to thrive. 
I really think they should have just broke the law and just been like that two Darwin should exist, one inside the ball and one outside of the ball. To keep like a somebody to just keep someone in there. Like make some like weird clauses that like, oh, it's not a part of the effect of reality. He can live in two places. I don't think they're gonna do that. Most I think it's mostly because also A, his power is very complicated to add into the story because his power is to survive and we're saying that he's on the scale of Iska in terms of weird warpy powers like that. His power sets an interesting predicament in that there's no way that they should lose for as long as you can't remove Darwin from Scario. Um, I think this is this will be this is a little gambit situation thing going on here where he's in the children of the vault directly to hamper them. Yeah, like, I'm really wondering where that's going to go. I do appreciate also the conversation between Forge and Serafina, which also may change the timeline also. Because, mm-hmm. because that exchange wasn't supposed to happen. And she's like, wait, how do you know who I am? And, and because we haven't seen, because this is what, I think she's on her fourth, this is the fourth or fifth generation of, of, of the Children of the Vault. She's at a different level of evolution. Like the, so she's, the sixth or some shit. Yeah, a lot. They are, right. So it's like she is a, you know, she's evolved to a certain point, but like she's just like, you remember me. She's like, yeah, we saved you. Like, you know, that's what we do. And like, and things that you'll be really Seraphina should be with Orcus, not with the mutants. Because you need to be really trying to figure out why the Orcus capture y'all. And what were they planning Explo- on doing? technology. Just right. technology, like that's it. Um, Orcus, the Children of the Vault is not even like an Orcus organization. Like they're a third string factor, like the vampires, the vampire kingdom is, um, or Russia. Like these are, is a floating third party that's in competition with everyone else. What they should do is invite Seraphina back to back to uh, Krakoa. Never, she's and AI. So- Fuck her. <laughs> I get it. Charles Xavier believes in rights for everyone except for AI, especially danger. All right. <laughs> they might let her walk on over to um the meek the meekanized meekines, whatever the island that they have the Hellfire Gala on, and that is as close as she's going to get to Krakoa. Yeah, because I mean. Yeah, because like Seraphina ended up probably being an ally. They play they play their shit right. Um, Caliban armor. I get, I not get the vision of what he's trying to do. It's an upgraded version of the Captain Krakoa armor, and I guess Forge's power is just going to be he's going to be in that Iron Man suit. That's it. And it's going to be te- uh, telephonics. Technophoronics, Technophoronics, whatever the fuck it is, where you make technology out of plants. Yes. Um, Is it annoying that you know that this scene... Maybe one day Forge will remember he can do magic too, but, you know, he hates his culture. He's never going to do magic again. Well, 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 apparently uh, Warpath can do magic also. Mm. Yeah, it's a little epic... Uh, uh, there's a little ethnic situation going on. It's the reason why they can all do magic is kind of racist. That's the- <laughs> I'm watching, I think I was watching Top Ten Nerd or something, and they were talking about, like, you know, like, unknown, like, mutant abilities that mutants have that people don't know about, and, like, how people forget that 
Pete Wisdom taught uh, Warpath how to fly and how Warpath also has a healing factor and also that I forgot who he said it was, but someone taught him um, shamanistic abilities. No, yeah, and he I was trained to be a shaman. Like his whole thing was when uh, mm-hmm. uh, the reason why he wasn't invited to be an expert is that he was training with his grandfather to be to take over the role as shaman for his uh, people. And then his brother died, and he joined the X Men and abandoned his training. It's like it's a counter mom situation. He abandoned his training to go be a hero. I believe that happened in Neprosha. I believe. I don't remember that. It was something but like I along read the lines. In yeah. like four fucking ever. He's either that or he did something with the demon bear. Remember the demon bear situation? I think the demon bear should come back, honestly. But the demon bear scenario, he had a hand in like undoing that shit and helping tame the it. The demon bear came like three times. The demon bear spot moonlighted in like several little issues. I don't know. It's like so many little scenarios, but demon bear was just a Phoenix force, like force that just followed them around and was just helping them out. <laughs> The demon bear, demon bear can take on the Phoenix Force. It's confirmed. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Somnus no, has the demon okay. bear. Somnus has the demon bear. That's where it's at. <laughs> oh, that would be cute, actually. That'd be cute. That'd be a cute little friendship there. <laughs> Invite Gateway. Um, and Rim Ram. Y'all be good. And the Morgan, I think the Demon Bear, the Morgan, and everyone has a not quite the Phoenix Force support group <laughs> where they just deal with not quite being the Phoenix Force, but also being compared to it. And the Shadow King. Just Shadow King's also too. involved there. Um, Storm Head is there as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so many aspects of things going on. I enjoyed... Darwin kind of just going, I'm above this now. I'm beyond this. Um, I have done my last evolution because truly is annoying for me to step up when you bitches are just so far behind. I actually like, I think I think the thing that's so funny about this whole thing with Darwin, the Darwin is like, well, I'm not quite finished doing what I think I needed to come here and do. So don't like rescue me yet. But like, come back later. <laughs> While I pick some shit up. But I'm this good a, though. Everything's great. I truly believe he was he was in there trying to become the, the Satan of the children of the vault's whole belief system. Like, that's this whole thing he's doing there. It's just like I'm just like inseminating revolution or ideas of revolution into like the programming here. It just give me a second. Like I don't I don't get the hang of being data, but like I'm like a virus. So just give me just give me a bit. I'll come in handy. He's a checkoffs. He's a checkoffs, Darwin. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw people celebrating the fact that Darwin was colored as dark skin for the first time. Finally, quote unquote, finally. But I'm like, isn't Darwin's thing that like, does he have albinism? Yeah, Darwin no, is like, just gray. He's gray. Yeah, I was like, he's not visibly black. I said, like, it's not like he's not supposed to be. Um, if he if he does, I thought like his backstory said like. He was born, like, they thought he had albinism, and, like, his dad abandoned him because his father didn't believe that he was his biologically. Well, maybe, well, maybe in, maybe in, 
Forge's mind, Forge is like, he's a black man. So, like, Dara made him look like the way that Forge would accept in his mind. So he said, I'm going to come to you as a black man. I'm going to make you feel comfortable. Mm. But I will also say, I am really glad that we got Alpha Wolverine back when they're calling her Alpha Wolverine. Um, and I want to see what happens next with, with Laura and Sink because I am so happy my, my man has his girl back and he can be in love mm-hmm. and happy. I, that, that was, I, I, I was not ready for that. It, this made excited. the Monet stand sick. <laughs> and and this is um, Latina Laura, but we're just going to give her that one. Yeah. Right. She came back Latina. Make her throw up. Make her throw up. I don't even care. Y'all going to be mad. I, they can be mad. I'm, 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 I'm team, I'm team Laura. I like on this, like team Spanish Laura on this. I want to see what kind of martial arts she gets like locked down. I want to see what she can do. I think oh, this is a fun way to have Laura on the X team. Several centuries of experience beyond her daddy. She's gonna fuck that nigga up one good time. I'm gonna fuck him. <laughs> Sink and Laura are fucking her. P H U C K I N G. Fucking. I'm so excited for them. That's gonna be so great. So I hope they do add her to the team. They might give her a new code name. Although, I say, oh, baby, you've been voted off. <laughs> She's oh, baby, you too quit. old. I left that Wolverine name behind me 100 years ago, honestly. I'm no longer called Wolverine. My name is Thundercat. <laughs> I want, but I, I do wonder if they allow, I wonder they're going to allow her to stay because the other lore has lived like a different life now. Like, what happens in the Resurrection Protocol when, when there's two people in existence and they have to reconcile the body? Like, you change the save file for one saying Laura, one saying Laura dash one in the parentheses. You know, we need a copy of a file. <laughs> or, or they do like the weird ass bullshit that they did when they sent back the original five, where they they tucked the memories in somewhere, and it only got released at some other random point in time, so it all merged together. I don't fucking know. But no, it can't do that because, like, their time, space, memories got locked into a specific point in time that was, like, when they were adults, when it was recent enough for them to activate them again. Like, it wasn't... They can't do that with Laura because she'll never have circumstances where she has to go into the vault. Um, I think they were going to let them just live because, like, the necessity of the situation, every sign pointed to Laura was dead. They don't know why she was kept alive. They don't know why she was, like just laid out there for no reason. Is it probably a trap? It's probably a trap. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a trap. <laughs> but I think they're just going to let it rock under the clone protocols. Mm. I think you live the full part of it and end for a specific all results confirmed that you were dead, uh, so you were resurrected. However, there's enough circumstances going on that you have lived longer than the Laura we have. So... There's data in you that we really can't even get rid of. So we're bringing back Joseph and Evan Sabanor? We already established Joseph's coming back through the uh, Age of X-Men dimension. We established that. Okay, so 
we're bringing back Joseph and Evan Sabanor. Evan Sabanor is coming back too. We're getting both of them. We're getting my son back. He's gonna have full uh, ethnic features. Mm-hmm. Fully Negroid. I, just, mm-hmm. I keep just thinking about his haircut and this it's making me angry. Um, <laughs> Evan Sabanor's yeah, haircut. It's getting very Clarion. No, truly, truly, that little boy look without being evil mm-hmm. is unnerving. Um, though I did love him in Wolverine and the X-Men. I thought he was an adorable kid. So yeah, our class president is Kid, is kid Apocalypse. He he might commit a genocide one day, but we don't care right now. Right now, he just he just lets a copy off his homework. <laughs> I think if they bring him back, they need... And his like, best friend is Oya. His best friend is Oya and Quentin Quire. I'm like, that's why when people ask, like, how do you like Quentin Quire? Since I like Wolverine and the X-Men, Quentin Quire. <laughs> so he would just say anarchist piece of shit. <laughs> For no reason. And then he still went, he went and got his girl, Oya. That's his boo. Like, Henry, you never read Wolverine the X-Men, right? I actually, I haven't, but I haven't read it yet. Listen, Oya and Quentin Quire's relationship is the cutest thing, all right? It's so adorable. And, like, it's very much like Oya is such an up, uh, up, like, standing citizen of the mutant, like, population there in that school. Like, literally, her goodness brushes off of him, and he's like, it's like Spike and Buffy, but not mid-season. It's like Angel Spike. But he's been tamed. I think. Like, he's not no, no, an evil I've never asshole. seen that, that white supremacist show before about Aaron. Okay, um, so you never saw Angel or Buffy before. Okay. Um, no, I've never seen either. I've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Oh my god, you just aged yourself. <laughs> Henry, you just dated yourself for that statement. Oh god. Oh lord. Um, oh lordy. Oh, Y'all remember? Okay, never mind. Be great, encourage through Christ. <laughs> but no, it was a great issue. X Men was a fantastic issue. It was so um, great. Havoc's going to prison, so that's <laughs> that's great too. Um, but all around fantastic issue. Um, I think all our judges agree. Yeah, like X Force gave me real housewives excitement. Like, you know, you wait for like for that housewife to go to jail. <laughs> That's what um, Beast is giving me. Beast is against Shaw. Did anything else really happen? No, and then he went to the bar, Forge went to the bar with Caliban and told him, yeah, I did something without your consent, but crazy story though. <laughs> I, I, I really, you know what, you know what, I'm going to say this. I really want, nothing with Caliban, and, and, and I may be probably out of pocket, but nothing with Caliban reminds me about how people take advantage of Do you repeat that unless breaking up Mike? <laughs> the, thing with, the, thing with Cal, the thing with Caliban reminds me about how people take, take advantage of disabled people mm-hmm. who are, who, who may not have physical handicaps but mental hand, handicaps or dis, mental disabilities and that's the thing that's so unfortunate about Caliban's characterization is that he is he may not like 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 for all we know 
Calabash could be neurodivergent, autistic, and I don't like really putting those labels and 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 romanticizing that kind of thing with people because I'm probably in trouble for saying this. But I don't like when they I don't like when they do it to um, Greg on Abbott Elementary and romanticize his identity as being uh, autistic when he may just be just someone who just is not. No, but it's, it's not, for that. It's, it's Janine. I'm looking at Greg as a character from like a black and white point of view. That's not even people doing it as a joke. He has all the characteristics of someone who is um, neurodivergent. It's not even a joke. Down to like every they highlight they, the way they center like little moments where he's like sitting in the middle of the screen and go like how he doesn't get specific things how he reacts there's so much in there especially when you talk about education um and in a public school and how many people kind of go under the radar uh as being like more divergent greg from every Abbott elementary i'm one of those people that's why i'm saying it Greg from, there, uh, from Abbott elementary it's on the spectrum it is like the most bold face lettering possible I, I i i don't i don't agree or disagree with that statement because i just feel like a lot of people who are saying it may not have the range to be saying that also they don't work in mental health to have that ability so it's like for me this is why i won't say it's because i don't have the expertise or range to tell to diagnose someone with something that i a don't experience and b don't have the expertise to even talk about so i don't look at gregory as someone who is or is not autistic, I look at Gregory for being Gregory. So just like, I don't try to make that distinction with him because, you know, because the thing, the, thing the, the, the thing that's harmful about doing that sometimes is that when there's representation involved and how representation matters to everyone and it's so important, like someone is going to find something wrong with Ge Gregory's characterization. And I do feel like the safest part is leaving him gray and not saying that he is autistic because they do say he's autistic, somebody autistic is going to have an issue with him, part of how he is portrayed on TV, or him being utilized in that way or whatever. It, it causes so many issues. I think that's but, a moot point all across. <laughs> because that's a moot point. It's, it's a moot point all across because people have been, like, I have an English degree, right? And the whole role of an English degree is interpreting the text, but also interpreting the subtext, and using the evidence being brought to you to um, explore the human condition or reflect aspects of the human interpretation that even the author did not realize they were reflecting. So it's like there are many neurodivergent characters in existence, but because people didn't have the language or they weren't conscious of the constructs of what kind of deemed someone as neurodivergent, um, they don't really realize that they had just framed the character around that in general. I so, what intentional... so what happens if you have a writer who, who isn't autistic writing about a character and saying that they're autistic and and then saying flat out well, 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 well let me back it up so two things can happen so what happens if you have a writer who is writing a character who's autistic do you not think that can create a problem for people who are autistic like why is a non-autistic person writing about an autistic person and if this person who is a writer does not have an experience with writing about autism or autistic people or a shared space with autistic people you don't see that eventually being problematic. I'm not saying that it will be problematic for me, but I understand how that could be problematic. Let's say, like, if there is someone being someone who is straight, right, about the queer experience, and they're not queer and they share space with queer people, but they don't share any space with queer people or anything at all. I was like, well, how are you writing about something that you just don't really know? You're writing from the lens of what you think it is. I think that's an issue like, mostly. 
I think that's an issue mostly when people get into like this idea of like discourse overlap, where they take identity politics from one area and they think if it's true for that area, they have to overlap with every aspect of identity politics. I'm like, for me, I'm like, I know that a thing called sensitivity readers exist, right? And the role of sensitivity readers is to have someone in the room looking at the material you're framing and going like, this is what adds up and this is what it doesn't, and this is what is insensitive. And this is like the actual perspective that's kind of like being diluted through the work um, by your own assumptions rather than your own experiences. Um, like, it's very much like when people say, if no, if only Black people wrote Black stories, um, then you will have almost no Black stories that made it out because there's such a limited amount of people who actually get through the front door um, and who are able to compellingly tell these stories from their own perspective without someone else having made it quote unquote okay for those stories to be told. Like people keep bringing up Black Panther during the recast the child movement, but I'm like, the main thing they keep erasing is that Black Panther is a white construct um, and it didn't get the Black perspective into it, into Christopher Priest grabbed that paper and went, okay, we're going to introduce everything you guys love about T'Challa because before they even did that, he was just the black guy who sometimes hung out with the Avengers. And Wakanda was just some distant forest in the middle of Africa with some machines, some place here and there. And then Christopher Peace took it. He said, we're going to have Kamoyo cards. We're going to have a infrastructure of the Dormalaje who protect uh, T'Challa. We're going to infrastructure like this entire way of life for them. And then we're going to start the legacy of Black writers being people who are approached to write Black Panther in the first place because we're building upon the legitimacy. And now that's getting to the point where now African writers are able to add into T'Challa's mythos and go, actually, Africa as a continent probably wouldn't like uh, the Black Panther or like anything to do with Wakanda because everything about that has a certain perspective. It's a growing conversation. Um, whereas I think even the ability writers, uh, they talk about visible, visible disability a lot and non-visible disability. I don't think a lot of them ever said that they don't want people to write about disability because the state of being disabled is not absolute. Like, you're not just only born. Like, I think people say, like, there's a statement of the chances of you becoming, going from able-bodied to disabled is actually uh, almost uh, 80% odd because your ability will decrease as you get older. Right. So, like, to say that you can't write about it because you weren't born or, like, you didn't, you weren't disabled long enough is not a valid statement. It's saying, like, that means people can't write about disability. Is that typically when people write about disability, they're coming from it with an ableist point of view. But that's what I was taking, saying. But no, but then there's aspects of, like, when you look at characters like Greg from Alvin Elementary, it's actually a lot of people are finding it really comforting that they're attempting to walk the line of saying this is how visible disability is like working and people have something that is not visible to their face. You look at Greg, you see him as an attractive black man, very astute and very, very smart, that you're not seeing the ways that he struggles on a daily basis and how that can kind of get swept underneath the rug of him just being weird or being odd or just being a certain way that people don't socially accept. And it's just, oh, he just doesn't get social cues. Not realizing that that could be a reflection of something that no, no one no, else has addressed whatsoever. Janine doesn't get social cues. Janine gets social cues. Janine gets social cues. She can look at you in the face. She knows you don't want me to do this. She knows the subtext of it. She knows the subtextual evidence of so many different conversations. Greg has physical reactions that, like, literally, when he got to that car after he got mocked for not liking pizza, 
and how he just shut down and the step by step the open glazes of his eyes, how he was having a full on sensory overload. I was like, that cemented it for me because that reaction, that's textbook. <laughs> that's a textbook reaction. That's not something that's so subtle that you go like, oh, um, he's coded as this. I'm looking at him. I'm like, this is something I'm trained to look out for as a sign of someone dealing with neurodivergent like tendencies or operations. And it's because people don't realize how, how common being on the spectrum really is. Um, but the way he shut down and got into that car and how they framed it, how they looked at it, how they discussed it, and how it was like a core part of the episode was like, we didn't realize that us making fun of him about the pizza thing would cause this sort of reaction in him, but it did. I'm like, that feels like more than just a beat. That feels like this is a core aspect of his personality that people just don't talk about. And it followed directly that episode where he's talking about being not being in a gifted program and how many people have disability. Like the first episode of the second season being about disability and students dealing with uh during de- dealing with disability on a daily day basis and how that episode followed into other episodes, like with the uh the stair episode where the bathroom shut down and so they didn't have the first floor bathroom. And so um they had the whole line about like I have a kid who's in a wheelchair and we had to go to that second floor bathroom so that he had the the basic amenities that's not okay and because Janine's stupidity she didn't realize that she would impact the student in that way by having him removed from that access to an in-classroom bathroom <clears throat> I'm like there's someone in the room in that writing room who's writing directly and speaking that Greg is going to be neurodivergent because these reactions are literally that. <clears throat> but I wanted to tie that into like the aspect of reading telepaths as neurodivergent because it makes sense or being somewhere on the spectrum. Someone said like, oh, that doesn't feel like it's okay to do on the timeline. And I'm like, no, it's... <clears throat> oh my God, my voice. What's going on with my voice, Henry? <clears throat> hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. I always can hear you. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I was having like a mucus overload. My my congestion was like fucking me up. Um, but no, people were discussing like telepaths and like being on the spectrum and how even like they have these weird social cues that literally stand in. Like Charles Xavier discussing like, oh, I was always a weird kid because my power was kicked in when I was very young. And like, I was always telepathic, but like there's always an ethereal weirdness to me. Like Hank having that as well because all mutants have a superior brain. They said their brains do not function on the same wavelength as humans, as baseline humans. Like how Anole is actually a technological technological genius. They don't talk about it a lot, but he's a technological genius. He skipped several grades and he can do pretty much everything Hank McCoy can do, except they don't highlight that as much. Or like there was like a story, like a an Elseworlds story of like the mutant population being like accepted in the wider world. And then they had storyline of like baseline humans having nuclear radiation projected into their wombs so that the children can be born as like delta level mutants whereas they won't have superior abilities but they said their brains will be powered to a extent where they can like just go keep up with the advancing technology that are now being done to surplus they're like we do have baseline human kids can't keep up with mutant children in the academic fields because their brains aren't wired the same way to perform on that level without the X gene. 
<clears throat> and just those cues of like characters with highly mental abilities having their development accelerated or like different and their social abilities be impacted by their abilities um it's another aspect of people discussing like ability and disability within comic books and within fiction that they find positive because it's framing their power not as a superior thing but also impacting like how they go about their day-to-day like like rogue kind of dealing with aspects of mood disorders because of her sensitivity to touch and how she downloads aspects of people every time she touches them and so it impacts how she feels and how she goes about her day-to-day actions because people with specific disabilities like i have that um with my eds i have a very sensitive sense of touch and so i don't like specific cloth i don't like touching specific things i don't like being touched really unless i give people permission i'm not familiar with you because the act of touching me feels deeply uh i don't say violating but i'm hypersensitive to touch and so when you touch me i'm feeling like vast sensations um have you ever touched me and felt my arm i feel really soft someone just said that to me at a party last night but they touched my arm and says your skin is like really soft what's your skin te- skincare routine I said, it's not one i just have a uh a joint and like a um nervous system thing that just does something to my skin that makes it hyper elastic and so it feels soft to you but i'm now feeling every groove on your finger And so that operates on how I'm like typically wearing sleeves or I stay, I'm trying to move away from people because I'm socialized. I've built a system in my head that like touch is something I should avoid. And so those assets being brought out to characters for people who are like disability writers who talk about disability, they like that because it frames how different your everyday life gets to be depending on the ways that you have to navigate having these additional things other than having a less amount of things. Or it's like how we talk about like how having a power would impact your sex life because there's no way you wouldn't incorporate it into sex. Now people like, they like the boys because they don't shy away from like, yeah, people with specific powers would incorporate that to how they have sex because it's not a power to them. It's not an additional thing. It's a thing that they have every day of their life. We got there by talking about Darwin, didn't we? <laughs> That's how we got here is by talking about Darwin, right? Or, no, it was Caliban. It was Caliban. We used to talk about Caliban and how his power would influence his day-to-day life because being hyper-aware of other mutants all around you and everywhere, almost I mean, everywhere in the planet and how like deeply personal that would feel to be aware of people all around you, but also have people misusing that. Like his consciousness is never just his himself. That's what I'm saying. Like he's always hyper aware of the other. They always. Always aware of the other, perpetually aware of them as people, as functioning parties. Like I like that he explains, but like I don't want to leave Laura here because I feel her. It's like, you want me to say, well, just ignore her. We have a mission. I can't. She's like right there on my face. So making him a more selfless person and not really understanding like selfishness or like mitigating people to just being a, a non-existing factor when you are hyper aware that they are existing 
is an interesting aspect to add to his power and add to his character is that my power is a separate thing from me. My power is me. No, absolutely. No, I definitely received that. It's the reason why I really also am happy with how they discuss like the disability aspects of the characters and like in the resurrection protocols. They're like, all right, do you want to remove specific quote unquote disabilities? And they're like, no, because this is a part of my identity now. Um, like Hero, a whiz kid staying in his wheelchair. And it's because like to him, there is no you don't you're not able to walk. He says there is no getting around without a wheelchair to him. Like there's not a concept. But you have Charles Xavier who cured himself, but very much you look at Charles Xavier and like how he treated being disabled like the bane of his fucking existence. Mm-hmm. Like that aspect. I think there's like there's like a widespread debate about Charles Xavier being in a wheelchair. There's still formed debates between people and like disability, just discussing like the aspect of curing, quote unquote, curing his legs. And then like hard hardcore fans are like, yeah, Charles Xavier's history though has never been one of I'm in a wheelchair and that's a positive thing. Especially because he comes from so much privilege that seeing that and seeing that it's one thing that keeps him from accessing the fullness of his privileges being a problem is actually very consistent with the person he is. No, no, I mean, but I think that's one of those things where it's just everybody, he has a different relationship with his body than other people may may have on Krakoa, so he may have made a choice where, you know, that he doesn't, he's never probably ever been happy in that version of himself. No, exactly. Or like, um, Karma and her leg and her arm, or like, uh, cable and his arm and half his face. It's like cables. Like I'm literally used to having this apparatus applied to my body. That if I don't have it, I don't feel normal. Like I can't function with my powers. I can't manipulate them adequately. I can't do a lot of things without this. Or like even the aspect of like um Mystique walking around with blue skin and she's like I don't see this form of me as any less than than any of the forms I take to navigate subterfuge. Well, also part of the thing is too um, is that I think with Cable in particular, his abilities, he I think they said something they mentioned somewhere that he burns out either way. Mm-hmm. So like either the techno virus is not going, if the techno organic virus is not going to kill him, his abilities will eventually kill him. Like they burnt out Nate Gray as well. Yeah, that's why I don't want to give Cable the Omega level status. I see why he wasn't made telekinetic Omega. Because I'm, y'all know I'm a full believer in your mutant gift shouldn't kill you if you're using it right. And so if it's killing you, you're pushing it past its limits. No, that's that's absolutely true. No, that's absolutely true. It's like Oya's statement, because you haven't got this yet in Schism. Oya was looking out the ocean. There's a sentinel coming to the Utopian Island. She says, I could freeze this ocean. It said, can you? Are that powerful? Or like, you're like an amygdala mutant? She said, no, I'm alpha. Um, it would kill me if I did that. It would literally kill me. But it's something to do <laughs> in case we need to get to that point. Because, you know, I'm a demon and my life is expendable. It's so sad. Oya's story is so sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is, like, really disappointing, like, how much she's been through as a character. I hope Victor Lavelle focuses more on her. I think he's just getting comfortable with her as a character, but it's beneficial. But no, we accidentally just had a certain part about disability. <laughs> yeah, we did. And inadvertently. We we actually did. 
Um, but yeah, are we looking forward to any comic books coming out next week? Um, only thing next week is just um, New Mutants and Exterminators. I'm looking forward to Exterminators. I like Exterminators. Um, New Mutants is really like not. I don't really care. Like I'm gonna read it because I have to. It but. might be the pickup issue. I think if it's, this is the make or break it issue. Honestly, like. I gave last one a lot of like clemency because they're still getting comfortable with the new characters. Um, but there's a lot that can happen. Honestly, this book could have used Oya as the fourth member of that little crew. Because I think having someone who could talk to them about like they're talking about like the illusion of Krakoa and like just all of that generalness generalness, I think. Talking to the girl who literally murdered a room full of like henchmen and caused a schism in the first place and saw both sides of the hypocrisy of mutant kind, the mutant argument. Um, she can look them in the eye and go, like, you guys are somewhat complaining over nothing because half of you didn't exist as mutants until after after House of M. I'm one of the five whites. I was one of the first manifestations after uh after the pretenders said no more mutants. And you guys did not see what we were going through. Y'all weren't there. It's very much that Iraqo statement of like, y'all weren't there. Y'all didn't see it. Y'all weren't, y'all had the privilege of growing up with like mutants everywhere. They're activating all over the place for you to understand like why this island needs to exist. Like all those mutants are kind of talking from a very privileged point of view. And I think they need a character in that cast who can look at them and go, Y'all complain over nothing. I had to kill a room full of fucking Hellfire henchmen. Or else they would have murdered every mutant in that building. There was only 150 of us. And that's it. And 150 of us, and I had to help kill one of the five lights. One of the five people who actually... It was really fucked up who she's actively connected to on the emotional spectrum because the five lights were a living mutant circuit as well. People give that five lights storyline a lot of shit, but I'm like, that storyline was kind of tragic. Yeah, it really was. I, I read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. Or was it or was it comics explained? I don't know, one or two. It's probably comics explained, because they have to explain no girl. No girl was also a part of that. Um back when she was still no girl, that's the last time she ever had a body. But it's very interesting that she keeps bringing it up like, oh, they had a mean name for me, and everyone was so rude. I'm like, but you remember what you were going through. Like, no girl, you're not actually a teenager. Like you say you are, but I don't really believe that. But you were there. You saw it. You saw everything that happened. You were there with one of the light, the sixth, it was like a seventh light, the seventh light of the six, of the uh, five uh, that activated, killed himself because he was being harassed and bullied by mutants, by humans before the X-Men can get to him. Mm. There were seven lights. They didn't, they haven't brought back the sixth life at all. The sixth light, the baby one, the one with the power of mind control. And like they had to send Tian in to convince him to be born in the first place because he was terrified of life. That's fair. Well, Tian to beast beast position. I honestly think Tian is a better character than Beast.
If you don't know mm. what DN is, DN was all the five whites have powers based off of the original five X-Men. Tien was the beast substitute. So he had animalistic instincts, but he had like a his power did something where like his mind was expanded to universal levels. And like he's not as super genius technologically as Beast is, but he's hyper enlightened. Like he's a really poignant speaker. He Tian like has this thing with his mind where he has a vast intelligence and ability to understand social and complex nuances, but he makes the active choice to be an animal because like it helps protect his sensibilities. Um, he like he's so smart that he's realized the proper way to live is as simple as possible. All right. So what other? So we just have two books next week. Yeah. It's it's gonna be I don't know we, we're complaining about all these other tie-ins and now that we're realizing how how thin the pickings are for X comic books. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, it'll be an interesting week. Yeah, um, we should see. With that, thank you everyone for stopping by. Y'all be great. Happy Turkey Day. See you Happy next week. Bye. Bye.